The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, Kinky Connections, and Kinky Education. We're kinky, done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self. With questions asked by a guy. And now here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. I'm John, also known as Hi There, Catsuit, welcoming you to the show, and on this edition, we will take a look at the beauty of female-owned adult boutiques, with two women who have been successful with locations right in the busiest parts of the towns they do business in. Teal is the owner of Lotus Bloom located in the heart of the King Street District in Alexandria, Virginia, just outside Washington, D.C. The store has brought the passion of passion to a neighborhood that is known for its quaint shops and eateries. Lacey owns the Garden and the Chamber in Columbus, Ohio's Short North District. Its location is on the walking path of thousands of shoppers on High Street who can enjoy one floor of beautiful outfits and a basement of all the lovely fetish toys we all love. Two great women making the tools of joy available to all of us on what women and other wonderful humans want. It's five questions about memorable firsts. We call it the first five. And as always, we start with the first five, five questions about first with Teal of Lotus Blooms and Lacey of the Garden. Teal, I will start with you. First time you ever held a sex toy in your hand and what you thought at the time. Oh man, this is a tough one. It... It was probably close to the time that I was interviewing at Lotus Blooms before I owned it, honestly. Um, yeah, so I was excited but overwhelmed <laughs> to be holding a toy and also getting into the world at the same time. Lacey, same question. <clears throat> probably too young to be holding a sex toy. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> my parents opened the store in 97 so this is literally a family owned and operated business so I knew what sex toys were at a very young age um not too young like you know my parents were pretty cool about everything um 
I don't know. I have such an askew view at it. Like I was raised to do this um, by my parents. Like I learned everything from my parents. So, I mean, yeah, the first time was weird, but it was just like straight out the gate. Like I had to get used to it and become a normal everyday experience. I'll start with you this time, Lacey. First time you had a notion that you'd be running an adult boutique. <sighs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around that one. Same. Um, we tried to get rid of my dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we tried to get rid of my dad for years. Um, yeah, it's still like, I don't even know how I, I got here. I worked my ass off for it. You know, I've been doing this since full time since 2003. So this is an every, it's the normal for me. It's so weird to like talk about it with other people that have also done the same thing. Um, yeah, I, it's still it's still new. I've been sole owner for four years now, going into our fourth year. Of course, last year was a little dicey, um, but yeah, like I, it's, I still can't believe it. It's it's very surreal. Teal, how about you? Yeah, I echo a lot of those. I didn't have to kick my dad out or anything like that, but um, but. Yeah, it was definitely not the world that I necessarily, if I look back and go, oh, this is what I wanted to do when I grew up, thought I was going to be in counseling and I took a veer and, and here I am. I think I've also solely owned Little Spoons for the last four years or so, and it's been quite a ride, um, but I'm just honored to, to have the opportunity to kind of grow with this store and continue to make it better over the years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, same. Teal, first time an old friend walked into the store, not realizing that you were the owner and said, oh, hi. That's funny. Um, I So I, old friends typically for me are from California. I moved to the DC area about 15 years ago or so. Um, but I did get a message from one of, from my manager a couple months ago. And um, she said, Hey, like these two people came in and they were hoping you would be here. And I was like, who, who are you talking My, you know, my wheels are turning, my wheels are turning. Who are these people? And I was like, my best friend's parents from across the street growing up in, in Southern California, how did they end up at my sex shop? in Virginia like how did that all happen so I think they they did know they were coming to surprise me but I'm not quite sure they knew what they were walking into either um so that that's my yeah that's that was a fun one I'm kind of glad I wasn't there if I'm being totally honest I'm not sure what I would have said <laughs> they were like the religious family I grew up across the street from growing up so <laughs> Lacey, you have a good story about that one? Oh, I have so many. Uh, I used to do a lot of work up front and we have our showcases and everything. And I'm just, you know, 
typing away, doing whatever I was doing, and some guy said something to me. I looked up, and I'm like, yeah, how are you? And it, like, took me a second. I'm like, oh, this is an old high school boyfriend. <laughs> like, it took me way too long to realize that it was him. I mean, this was 20 years ago. He doesn't have any hair anymore. Like, he's not, doesn't look like he did when I was in high school, so... But then again, I I grew up as the girl whose parents owned a porn store. Like, my mom would drop off my lunch in high school, and all of the guys, of course, their mouths would drop this far. They'd be like, can you get us porn? Can you get us porn? I'm like, no, no. Like, you're going to have to wait a couple of years at least. <laughs> so now I'm providing them porn. Lacey, first time someone came in to your store and made you realize we're doing a wonderful thing for Columbus? Oh, I have so, so many. Um, there was a couple that came up and, you know, they were just looking for some extra arousal gel for her. She was, you know, going into the menopause and you lose your, a lot of your sex drive. And I, I think it was Volt by Joe. And I suggested that to them. And they went home and came back a couple of weeks later and actually said that I helped save their relationship. Like they didn't know what to do. And they came in and had some fun with us for a little bit. And, you know, it's still going strong. Also, one of the things that I've always like wondered, how many pregnancies have we helped facilitate? Like how many babies have we helped bring into this world? That's, that's definitely one of those things. Like, I, I really wish I knew. I mean, I know of two of them myself because I had them. So. <laughs> Tio, you are in the national capital area, which can be the most conservative place but it can also be out there a little bit. But Alexandria, pretty darn conservative. How about your response to people coming in and you finally going, yeah, I'm doing the right thing here? Yeah, you know, old Alexandria's got a little pocket of, of, I won't call it progressive, but we're hopefully on our way towards more progressive. Um, but definitely there's, there's some kind of pr intense secrecy and privacy in the area because of people's security clearances and jobs and things like that. So that there's definitely a, that veil across um, a lot of interactions. Um, if I always say if, if the dressing room walls could talk, they would, they'd be able to be their own podcast and therapy session. It would be something like Esther Perel's uh, Where Should We Begin, where she just does a therapy session and there are so many, um, so many things we come up against with like body image, but then also body confidence when people, the, the coolest thing in the world, I'm getting goosebumps every time I talk about it is when somebody puts on something and they look at themselves in the mirror and they start like touching their sides and their shoulders come like up and back. And then they're kind of like, this is me. Um, and, and that's just the coolest thing in the world. So being able to see that over and over and over again, um, 
is a pretty cool experience. It's just a good reminder regularly that that we're making a difference. And even the small things, the somebody's like confidence as they walk through somewhere makes a big difference overall. So. Teal, I'll start with you for the final of the first five. First strong reaction you ever saw from someone who came from the upstairs in the shop. And I'm trying to remember, is your dungeon or fetish area up or down? <laughs> so, <laughs> we actually are only one floor. Okay. And there used to be two sex shops on King Street. Um, so we were kind of more of like the we've got a lot more laundry now and we we tend to have uh, more of the the body safe products and stuff like that so it was a really nice kind of balance because they have a lot more traditional things a lot of things that are well known so we used to be able to send them like oh if, if we don't have it they've got it down there and they'll send people to us for a lot more of the like leather and and things like that um they they closed a couple of years back so we now we've had to bring in some more of the, <laughs> some more things, which is always fun too, but strong reactions. So the way our store is set up, we've got what we call in our, like our easy section in the first third of the store, we've got our massage oils and our, um, like our pretty soft feminine lingerie and some lubes and some books and games. And as you kind of progress through the store, you see more and more and more. And our kink section um, is, is towards the back. It's still brightly lit and it's not like downstairs around the corner. So we're not hiding it by any means, but um, we always say it's choose your own adventure, go as far in or stay as close to the door as you're comfortable with. And then next time, maybe take two steps further. So um a lot of times people just dart towards the back, honestly. They're like, I know where I'm going. Don't stop me and don't get in my way. <laughs> Those are the best customers, too. Absolutely. Lacey, I'm trying to remember the original location of the chamber that I went into, but I seem to remember you had two different places, the chamber in the garden, and then they've now merged into mm -hmm. this one beautiful thing so really asking you the question from coming upstairs which is all the pretty stuff to downstairs which is the oh my gosh stuff have you ever seen somebody that has had the what did I just get myself into <laughs> oh all the time yeah the chamber used to be two doors down um and it it did fairly well but I think a lot of people were really afraid of going into a alone fetish shop. Um, they wanted to, but they didn't know how. It got to be a little overwhelming. Um, also, the landlord was a little uh, lackluster. Um, so we decided to move some stuff around in the basement of the garden and bring the chamber over. And honestly, it was the best decision ever because you go down those stairs and you round that corner and it's a completely different world. You know, that's where we start out from the, the light handcuffs and work our way over to the leather cuffs and the ankle cuffs. And you've got all of your, your hitches and butt plugs and it just, you know, we cover the gambit and 
a lot of people that were afraid to go into the standalone photo shop now feel a little more comfortable. Uh, it's also nice when people were like, oh, I didn't even know you had a downstairs. And they go downstairs and they come back up with a basket of like a, just a bundle of fun. So it, it's, it's a good one. They're what? like, when they first initially walk down and their eyes get this big because, you know, they never knew if there were that many sex toys. When we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want, we're going to talk about that exact subject. What do women and other wonderful humans want when we return? This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress is available now on Kindle, and you can pre-order your copy at yesmistress.com. Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports. No, not the jet ski kind. And you really want to fulfill their fantasy, but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. Hello, I'm Jesse Sage from Peep Show Media. Peep Show Media is a multimedia magazine bringing news and stories from the sex industry. Be sure to check out our website at peepshowmedia.com for essays, porn reviews, events, interviews, news stories, and more. Also, make sure to listen to our podcast, The Peep Show Podcast, anywhere you get podcasts. And for a bit more of a personal glance into my life, make sure to check out my January 15th interview on what women and other wonderful humans want we invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. And now back to this episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Welcome back to the show. I am John, a.k.a. Hi There Catsuit, joined by Teal, the owner of Lotus Blooms in Alexandria, Virginia, and Lacey, the owner of The Garden Slash The Chamber in Columbus, Ohio. Two amazing stores with a wonderful clientele. So I want this to be somewhat of a discussion between the two of you. The name of our show is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. When someone walks into your store, 
Do they have an idea of what they want or is it a sense of discovery? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, def it's, it's definitely a both. Yeah, for sure. We, I, you know, I was in the store the other day and someone walks in and they're staring at their phone and, and kind of looking up and then staring down at their phone again. And like, should I wait a second or, or can I help you like find what you're looking for? And they go, I've got a list. All right. All right. Let me, let me take you around and find everything on your list. And then there's other folks who walk in and they're like, I have no idea what I need or if I need anything here at all. I'm not even sure, you know, cause we don't talk about sex in a super easy way. A lot of people don't even have the language to describe what they need or what might be helpful. What's not what the problem is. So it's a lot of asking questions and, um, suggest making suggestions that that might be useful and might resonate yeah it's I mean the same um usually you can tell when somebody walks in and they beeline and they already know what they're what they're looking for it's the others that you know you ask them if they're finding everything okay you know it's getting them to warm up and getting them to feel comfortable with having a conversation with a perfect stranger about their sexual prowess, like what they want, what they know they like, what they have no idea because they've never even thought about all of the different uh, areas, you know, when Again, I'm completely out of the norm. Sex ed isn't really uh, much of anything. You know, it's definitely um, gotten better. But when you're raised in uh, heterosexual sexual intercourse, like, that's what you get. You know, uh, you're nev you never talk about having anal sex or any kind of out of the norm and people are tend to be a little hesitant to talk about it, especially with a perfect stranger. So that's why we do what we do and we try to make it as, as comfortable as possible for anyone. Yeah, same. Our, um, we train our staff um, as educators and supporters and that's kind of like how we describe our team. Um, like I mentioned earlier, my, my background, what I thought I was going to be doing with my life, not selling dildos, but, um, like doing therapeutic work. Um, so I'm lucky to have that kind of foundation of just kind of open asking open-ended questions. So I don't take my perspective and, and steer someone towards one thing or another. Um, but there's definitely a, a balance between op asking open-ended questions where, as Lacey said, most folks just like don't have the foundational education to be able to even know it's normal, never mind to know what they need, like what the, the options are. And so ask open-ended questions, wait a few seconds of silence, and then be like, here's a couple, you know, maybe it could look like this, or is it something like this, or does this resonate more, you know, X, Y, or C, and then you can start open-ended, make it a little bit more multiple choice so that you're not just leaving somebody floating for too long. 
Yeah, we're big fans of training. We actually just finished up an Uberlube training. And now that a lot of the vendors are being able to travel, we've had four or five different trainings in the last two weeks and another one on next Tuesday. So they're always, always a good time. Awesome. Same. We have a Naros coming on Tuesday of next week. So oh, is it Brent? Brent. Yeah, we're really sorry. Oh, I love him so much. Yeah, he's coming up. Oh, oh I don't have my thing. I can't see it. <laughs> I think he might be Tuesday. Wow. Coming. Awesome. Yeah, that's quite a, a trek he's going yeah. on now. Yeah. He is a road warrior. <laughs> yeah, he, he puts in some miles. I'll tell you that one. Education is a key word of what you both just said. You all mentioned that it's been about the last four years for both of you since you mm -hmm. really took control. Can you? Yeah, I've been a, I've been half owner for about I think it was 2013. I bought my mom's half. Mm -hmm. And then 2018, my dad signed his half over to me. So, yeah. But the difference between 2018 and now is exponential. I mean, Very if much so. you, you had talked to me five years ago, I'd never heard the term non-binary. If you talked to me five years ago, I didn't understand how many transgender people there were. And I'm a 58-year-old man who was born and raised in Washington, D.C., where we didn't know such things. We suspected with J. Edgar Hoover, but we didn't know such things. Now it is a part of our everyday language. Has it made it easier for you all to do what you do? That's a difficult question. I mean, the non-binary is totally like within the last five years. I didn't even know what it was. We had, uh, we would have manager meetings weekly because we have such a large staff and the managers would write notes about their week and if they're having any issues with uh, any other employees or whatever. And the manager had used they, them in their notes. And I still feel like a jackass because I didn't, I didn't know. I was like, you're plural now. And then somebody, of course, explained to me what non-binary is. And I'm like, okay, I feel like an idiot. But uh, it was definitely a learning curve. Um, and now my 16-year-old is non-binary. And by Rin, my office manager, their 10-year-old is non-binary. I think it's 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 so much easier for the younger, the younger ages to wrap their head around it and not uh, put a label on their genitalia. And I mean, it definitely makes it easier for selling clothes. Uh, some of the heterosexual guys don't understand when we're like, is this for your partner or you? And they're like, oh, maybe. And then I loved how you said if the if the dressing room walls could talk, 
they could have their own podcast because that's so, so true. Because I've seen a guy walk in here straight off the basketball court, still in his, you know, he just got done and try on a pair of size 16 red heels. And we're like, get it. And he bought them and had a great rest of his day. Yeah, I I always think it's so interesting talking to other folks in the industry because in some ways the industry is just so progressive and and like we live in these worlds of of taboo, right? Like can't always go to back to school night or something and, and tell everybody what you do as easily. You kind of have to to um, to gauge your audience, if you will. And then in other ways, the industry is like, yeah, I'll sell you as many things as you want to shove up your butt, but God forbid, um, you know, there's, there's a change in the language. Um, and I've definitely seen more excitement over learning and like getting it right and um, being more inclusive of folks across the identity spectrum um, in the last couple of years. Actually, I, th I think in some ways the pandemic and having to have folks across the country in the industry come together virtually has been a really unique, because it can't just be business, business, business all the time. There has to be um, like virtual socializations and, and just reading the way that we do that is um, social media and Facebook and things like that. And reading people's pronouns and the way that people talk and just kind of observing that um, makes it easier for folks to first get used to it and then start to practice it. You know, sometimes typing it is, is easier um, as a good first start for a lot of people. Um, to answer your, your original question, I'm, I'm not sure that it makes it easier. N nothing about owning a business has been easy, particularly <laughs> no. the last two years that keep yes. going and going. Um, but it's not harder because of that. That's just, you know, trying to create a more inclusive, welcoming experience is is what we strive for. We're just being given a little bit more direction from the community now because there's a little bit more visibility. Um, so it's it's one more um, one more thing on the to do list to to figure out how to do it the best way possible. So kind of, yeah. That's the cool thing about this this industry because it's so multifaceted and it's always changing and evolving. And I think that's, and a lot of the toy companies are evolving along with that. Like we just had Uber Lube. They don't have, it's a lube for him. It's a lube for her. It's just a lube for everyone. And I think that's a, a good thing. Yeah, it's really fun to see. Um, yeah, again, like some of the reps from even older school, like more traditional companies really trying, um, you know, when they're doing their trainings, might not get it right all the time, but the fact that they're even trying um, is, has, says, says a lot for where the sex toy industry has come in the last, you know, several years, because there is, there's some dark, dark holes in the sex toy world. Part of the reason Lotus Blooms exists is to provide like a comfortable educational space and to tell folks like, not all toys are actually made of materials you should shove inside your orifices. <laughs> you know, not mm -hmm. all lubes are 
actually fit for your, you know, beautiful genitals. Like there are things you should probably avoid and, and here's the information to do with it what you will. So, yeah, it was about 10 years ago. They had a huge thing on the phthalates that were in a lot of their rubber toys. And like, it took a while and all this, the businesses or companies had a sticker that said phthalate free or anything else because it was so rampant in the industry and they didn't know like what damage it had done by the time, you know, and this was the early two thousands that they were like, Hey, we should probably not use this stuff anymore because it's bad. Yeah, exactly. And then there's still debates now because like, is it bad or it's just not as good as right? Like, some of the softer um, materials like elastomer and things, maybe they're not toxic per se, but they're still porous. And and one, trying to figure out all the nuances um, as a business owner and just in the industry is hard, but then trying to explain, nobody really paid that much attention in chemistry. Let's be real, right? Like none of us did. <laughs> and now I'm trying to like regurgitate chemistry to folks. They're just like, can you just give me something that vibrates and feels good? I don't, I didn't sign up for this science lesson. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think a lot of people are actually interested in, in, learning what they um put inside of them i'm just being facetious at that point but a few years ago i am a big fan of black milk clothing out of australia they make some amazing looking clothing and i remember seeing a model named stefania ferrario who was a bigger size model modeling what were in essence athletic clothes and I went, my Lord, she looks amazing in this. And now, as we talk about uh, gender identity, they look amazing because I did not know at the time that they were non-binary or gender fluid, I think, is what they call themselves. And the thing that it really opened my eyes to was the fact that Beautiful bodies come in all shapes and sizes. And I know both of you have gone to a great deal of love and care to make sure that all bodies are included in what you all offer. Talk about how that has become so important when it should have been important all along. Yeah, it's definitely important. Um, thanks to a lot of the lingerie companies that are getting hip to the program. Uh, I mean, 10 years ago, you couldn't find corsets up to a 6X. Um, thanks to Daisy corsets, we can do that. Um, I mean, I'm not a, a small person. I'm not a large person, but there have been incidences that I go and try on an extra large and it doesn't fit me. And, you know, I'm Midwest corn fed, but I, and I've seen a lot of customers leave upset because they weren't able to find something beautiful or sexy in their size. And that's definitely changed a lot, which is makes it 
a lot easier to help the customer and make, we want everybody to feel beautiful. So having those companies get up to speed has been really nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for the legwork that has been done in advocacy to, to call for expansive sizes um, in the apparel world. Um, and to anyone who's listening, who thinks they're an advocate or not, you are keep asking companies to expand their sizes. Cause also what Lacey was saying too, like, it's not just expanding sizes. It's also making your sizes actually the size that you tag them. Um, not making an extra large fit a size four, um, because that's not actually making an extra large. That's just printing different letters on the tag, um, yeah. which makes people feel worse, right? It goes back to if the dressing rooms could talk. Like nobody, nobody wants to put on something they're excited to try and feel sexy in and it's completely mistagged and, and there's already a little bit of nerves and, and self-consciousness getting half naked and in a strange place anyways. So um, yeah, there's, there have definitely been um, apparel and lingerie companies that are expanding their sizes. You know, I still struggle because there's a lot of options that just aren't available beyond an extra large. Yeah. Lots of companies don't make beyond an extra large. Um, they make some of their things up to a three X. Um, but it's, it's still, it's not the right cut. They just size up. They don't size for the diff the different proportions of body. Correct. Like, like my extra large isn't going to be a, a shorter person's extra large. So it, then they're, it's coming around, but damn, they could like speed up the process a little bit. Yes, totally agree. I would, you know, I will, I will absolutely give props where props are due. There are a lot more expensive sizes than there used to be. And I'm, I'm a keep yelling to the rooftops for more and for doing it better. Cause it, you know, and I've heard my, I've caught myself doing it too, pulling reports and being like, you know, these plus sizes aren't selling. And my team's like, they fit terribly. They, they just don't actually fit. They took an extra small and they did an algorithm that made it a three X and it doesn't actually, that's not how bodies are made. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so there just needs to be a little bit more research and, and design and a little bit more feedback from, I believe me, I have plenty of feedback. There are hundreds of bodies who come through my store and try it on. I will take notes for you and send it in laundry companies. If you're listening, I'm willing to, because it'll be worth it to everybody who gets. See, that's the good thing about like the ILS show and altitude. You can go and you can meet with those owners or the buyers or the designers and say, Hey, like it works well, but you're not you're not quite there there's a couple really receptive companies that we've talked to about that like thank you for going up to 3x but maybe take this waist a little shorter because the torso you know torsos vary in sizes you can't just it, it's right. so frustrating <laughs> like a 3x person isn't and the difference between an extra small and then a 3x right so there's about seven or eight sizes in between there depending on how it gets scaled a 3x person isn't eight times taller than an extra small person that does just that's not how math works not great at math 
definitely isn't my forte. I can tell you how many nerve endings are in a clitoris, but I can. <laughs> That's about the extent of my uh, mathing, but I do know yeah. that one. <laughs> so. Yeah. When we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want, let's talk about the word normal and how these ladies are helping change that definition when we return. Hi, I'm Venus. I've been sharing my love for this beautiful relationship dynamic for, well, years now. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that finally there's a matchmaking service for single women and single men who want a loving, cuckolding relationship. It's called Venus Connections. It's a personalized matchmaking service and three-week educational program that's safe, private, and individualized for what you want. Women, you no longer need to endure the headache of filtering through blank profiles and dealing with online creeps and men, you can stop wasting time on those fake profiles and women with all sorts of ulterior motives. Venus Connections works for you to find what you want. You can learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. You deserve the relationship of your dreams. Hi, this is Jane Boone, the author of the novel Edge Play. It's a revenge fantasy where the big short meets 50 shades of gray. Only the women wield the whips and the billionaires submit. You can find it at Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle. And be sure to check out my episode with Tara Indiana right here on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you. Hi, this is Rachel Leadham, aka The Conscious Masochist. I'm an author and sadomasochism integration mentor who encourages the mindful exploration of your dark side. I offer astrological birth chart readings to interpret your sadomasochistic blueprint through the clues found within your chart. You can learn more about my work, including the ebook Conscious Masochism, at my website, www.rachelleadham.com. And join us on Instagram at The Conscious Masochist. And be sure to check out my episode in the archives of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the Total Archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please, remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans want. Welcome back to the show, joined by Lacey, the owner of the Garden and Chamber in Columbus, Ohio, and Teal, the owner of Lotus Blooms in Alexandria, Virginia. And I teased a little bit about redefining the word normal. Teal, you have talked about the fact that if dressing room walls could talk. Share a personal story with you. 20 years ago, I used to travel up and down the West Coast. And whenever I would go to Los Angeles, I would finally allow myself to 
enjoy my kink self a little bit in that there was a location of Dream Dresser. Dream Dresser actually used to exist in Georgetown, right on M Street or Wisconsin Avenue as the case may be. Mm-hmm. And Dream Dresser was the first store that I knew of that carried cat suits. Now, my nickname is Hi There Catsuit. That's my fet name. And it is what my fetish has been ever since I was a little kid. But to be able to go into a place like Dream Dresser and be able to try on something that I've always dreamed about made me feel a little less not normal. Can you all share stories of people that have come into your store with this high anxiety of, am I normal? And walk out realizing that they're absolutely normal because normal is what normal is to them. Yeah, I, so you said redefining normal. I like to talk about it, just expanding what normal is. There's such a wider range of normal than what we perceive in our brains. And oftentimes, and that goes for everything in life, but particularly for us in the, the realm of sexuality and identity and exploration and pleasure, there's such a wide range of normal. Um, and if we just talked to 10 people about it, we would realize we would realize that both we fit within what somebody else's definition of normal is and they fit within ours. Um, because we often just hide it in the shadows. We don't, we just don't have an understanding. We just think that whatever we've experienced or haven't experienced therefore isn't normal. Um, so expanding the definition of normal is, is goes back to one of the questions that you asked originally, like what is the first time you realized you were doing a good job when someone breathes a sigh of relief because you just kind of nod and go, yeah, no, that's normal. Um, that's that's the answer to that question. It happens constantly when um, when folks come in after pregnancy and you know they don't feel like themselves. They don't know what their identity as a sexual being and a partner is because they've just been a caretaker to this helpless little being for the last several months. Oh, and it's completely painful because you know of trauma during childbirth. Um, and we let them know that, yeah, that's normal. And your muscles, um, can learn to contract and relax. Um, you can practice that with, with Kegel exercises. And also there's pelvic floor therapists who can talk you through this, this very specifically. And they start crying and realize that, you know, they can be a semblance of the person that they, they were before childbirth. Um, and that's just one of like a hundred, Lacey, I'm sure you have plenty of examples as well. It's like, Oh yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, we don't like normal. Normal is boring. Uh, I think it's your own perception. Like what my kink is, isn't necessarily uh, for someone else, but it's normal for me. I mean, I, it all, it's all in perception. Um, I don't like normal. That's fair. I am the opposite of normal. <laughs> um I don't I don't know how else to put it like our our staff is very eclectic um not a single one of the normal Mm -hmm. in their own worlds they're normal like 
it's such an odd word and especially when you're uh attributing to a fetish mm -hmm. that's that's normal for your fetish um feet are normal for someone's fetish uh uh bukaki is normal for someone's fetish it's just all in perception well lacy maybe but i should rephrase it in this way people who are finding their authentic selves it's because <laughs> because i for 54 years denied mm -hmm. my authentic self and it wasn't until i got out of the public eye i used to be a broadcaster <laughs> i mean i used to appear on television mm -hmm. doing uh doing games and doing uh newscasts so i could not be my authentic self as soon as i left the television industry i said i want to talk to the people that have been my tribe this entire time but i've never been able to be able to celebrate that and that's been the whole reason for this podcast so i will rephrase it in the way of saying somebody walking in thinking they're quote not normal but really just trying to find their authentic self and have you ever seen a transformation where somebody might walk in a couple years later and you're like, wow, I can see the difference just in your eyes. Yeah, because she had breasts when she walked in. It's been several years. I had a customer come in and we got shoes and a skirt and breast forms and stockings and the whole shoot match and they came in a few years later actually it's been a couple of years now but they went i wanted to thank you because you got me my first pair of breast forms and boy did she show up her legs and those new boobs and looked absolutely amazing so i mean that's i want people to find that inside them that's why we're here. We want to open that up to them. We want them to be their natural self, their beautiful self, the way they see themselves inside. That's, that's such what, it's like giving me goosebumps thinking about it. Seeing that person come back in in their final form and they thank you. Oh, stop it. You're gonna, I'm an emotional person. You can't do that to me. Oh. And it's, that's what it, that's what it's about. That right there. That's what it's about. That's why I have such a passion for this. That's what my parents installed in me. They, they wanted people, they want, we want you to be happy. We want you to be happy. Yeah. I, I was getting goosebumps listening to you tell that story because I was, just kind of reliving some of the, the very parallel um, examples that that we have a, a lot of times um, because we are a, like a more feminine aesthetic store and our apparel is very mm. feminine. We have the privilege and opportunity to work with a lot of trans women. And sometimes it's trans women who come back to us later and identify as trans women after they've had experiences just walking through our store and, and trying on something that, that, you know, 
was feminine and beautiful. And they were just even surprised that they were allowed in the dressing room. And we were like, of course you're allowed in the dressing room. And if we can help you find something that you feel amazing in, let us know. And we're happy to make suggestions based on what you want to show off. Um, and just that level of, you know, interacting with people like they're human. Unfortunately, there's so many circumstances yeah. that, that we've been told by customers where they don't get treated like humans. And how easy is it to just say, oh, you want to feel beautiful? Challenge accepted. Um, we have 2000 things. Yeah. Let's see which one's your favorite. Yeah. And I will finish with this question because it was actually the first question I thought of when I wanted to interview the two of you, but it's the perfect end. Could a man run a sex shop and have that kind of mentality? And is there a certain magic that you all have by being a female owned adult boutique that opens up so many possibilities? Oh, <laughs> um, could they? Absolutely. I think so. I think there's, there's a lot of men in this world who can do better than they're doing, but also who are doing great work. Um, I'm constantly learning and being challenged and critiqued constantly by my team and my colleagues. So, um, I don't do it all, all right all the time either, but, but I'm willing to learn. And I think the difference is if you're willing to learn and, you know, our goals are to create beautiful spaces for beautiful people to feel beautiful, right? Just the story Lacey was just telling. So if someone's goal is to do that, I think they can. Um, takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of unlearning a lot of things that that society has taught us over the years um, a whole lot of patience <laughs> um, but could they yes I'm gonna give men more credit than than most people do because I would like to see more men rise to the occasion so that's that's the way I would like to ask men to do better in the world is to say I believe that you're smart enough and capable and you know show everyone else that they're wrong um i know it could be done because my dad did it for so long uh could he have done it better yes um he was it we i like to say we're both captains but we we sail our ships differently um i'm definitely more mothering and loving than he was. He was definitely a dictatorship. Um, Pun intended. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> yep. Um, boy, was he an asshole. Uh, <clears throat> I love him. He taught me a whole hell of a lot, but he also taught me how to not. Um, but I mean, he was the one that started this. And of course, we had the finesse of my mom, which, man, she was killer on the floor. You know, you should have seen her. Um, yeah, it can be done. I've seen it done. Um, I think putting more of a feminine twist on it all is helpful. Uh, and I've watched this industry go from very male-dominated to that's turning to 
change. Um, you have more companies that are owned and operated by female. Uh, um, so you get more of that feminine aspect um, and opinion because nobody really wants, uh, if I were to go into a sex shop and a male presenting person is offering me advice on what I want for my genitalia, I don't really know how I would feel about it. Um, our staff is very non-binary, which does help. Um, it's all very highly trained. Uh, I don't know about running a store, but um, yeah, I think it takes more of a feminine touch, a little, a little softer. Um, God, my dad was such a dick, though. That's I mean, he still is. He's still on this earthly plane. Um, but watching him run a store versus the way I run it, it's it's very different. It's I still have a lot of the good that he taught me, but I got rid of a lot of the bad. So there's that. There was a nun that was once quoted in talking about basketball players saying, imagine how hard people would work for you if they knew that you truly love them. And I think that you all both bring that to you and your staff, and then that radiates out to your customers. Imagine how your customers would feel if they knew that you love them. And I think you have both shown that through the marketing that you've done, through the image that you portray, through the goals that you have for what you want to do for not only women, women, men, non-binary, all sorts of wonderful humans. I can't thank you enough for doing what you're doing because it's pretty amazing. I would be remiss if I didn't take a little time for you all to be able to do a little elevator speech for those of you who happen to be visiting the Columbus, Ohio area or the nation's capital in Alexandria, Virginia. Lacey, I will let you go first. Tell us about your place and how they can connect with you. Well, we're uh, on High Street in Columbus, Ohio open from 11 a.m. to 1 a.m. Uh, have a great following on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, uh, The Garden on High. Um, very awesome photography work that we have. Uh, my toy buyer is actually the photographer. All of the models are either employees or friends or just beautiful people all around. We just did an amazing shoot over the, on, on the weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, come on down, have some fun. Teal? Ah, Lotus Blooms is a small thousand foot shop, uh, square foot shop um, on King Street in Old Town, Alexandria, um, right across the street from a cupcake shop so come and get your sweets and treats and um, we're just a couple doors down from a catholic bookstore speaking of nuns they wave very nicely to us i'm sure they pray to us or for us regularly 
Um, but yeah, we are health education focused. My team is welcoming and educated. And if they don't know the answer, they're definitely not going to make it up, but they're going to help you find it. Um, lots of apparel, extra small through 4X. And we're hoping if those lingerie companies were listening, that we'll be able to expand those sizes, body safe toys, restraints, all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, you can go wave to the White House and hop over the bridge to come find some other fun, fun stuff too. Um, we are on Instagram, Lotus Blooms on Facebook as well. And as much as I have time for, <laughs> there'll be new posts up sometimes. Too many hats during COVID. I can't thank you all enough for joining me today. I think that I learned an awful lot and I know that our audience will take some great inspiration from this about how things are done right. And I congratulate both of you. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you both. I so admire people who follow their dreams. And if you get a chance to visit them, I know you'll be excited at all the possibilities their establishments provide. Next week, Later this week, we'll talk to the publicist of The Dungeon Store, a traveling shop that is at a kink or sex-positive conference near you. We'll discuss how a store travels from one place to the next. And next week on the show, we visit with the amazing women of Les Maisons du Rouge, the incomparable Lucy Sweetkill and Dia Dynasty, two New York City dominatrices whose presence is powerful and passion knows no bounds. A fantastic conversation coming up next week. Until then, I'm John, also known as Hi There Catsuit, thanking you for being with us. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. And I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.